0: welcome to the madcast this is a podcast that strives to bring the church world and the art world closer together my name is matt anderson so glad you can join us for this episode and if you're listening to me on apple or itunes would certainly appreciate a five star rating and review it really helps us out well this is part 3 of a series in which we are uncovering literally uncovering the masks that we wear as artists And how they actually can hamper our creativity. Sometimes we wear these things for so long, they become like skin to us. We mistake them for being normal. When really all they're doing is holding us back personally uh, and professionally. Now here on part three of this series, I want to speak to our personality types. uh, Namely what I call the verts. Uh, meaning introverts and extroverts. Now, this will fall under the category of unsurprising things, uh, but it probably would not surprise you to know that most artists and creative people probably fall into the introvert category. So I uh, I want to start there in this podcast. And I will begin with a confession. I am an introvert. And I have to say, for about the first 30-plus years of my life, in roundabout ways, I was told that it was a character flaw, especially when it came to the ministry. I remember through my early years and even into uh, Bible college, occasionally you would uh, have speakers come into chapel and they would... um, they would say things like, well, boy, if you don't really love being around people, you shouldn't be in the ministry. And they're, they're right about that. They are right about that. But I think uh, oftentimes behind it was that if, uh, if you weren't really a social um, figurehead and really kind of the center point of the room, then maybe you should reevaluate your calling. Uh, and even as I got into ministry... It always bugged me as a person that the hardest job, uh, or I should say the hardest part of my job as a pastor was being in the lobby uh, before and after service. It was the hardest thing for me, Um, by far the most um, exhausting thing that I did. And I, I, I wouldn't even admit that to anyone because, again, it almost sounded like you're in the wrong line of work, pal. I love being a pastor. I love serving people. I love ministering to people. I'm just not really a fan of chit chat. I'm not really, I'm not good at, you know, staring at another person and going, so, you know, and you talk about weather or sports, depending on the person, and then you're just kind of staring at each other. Oh, man, just the thought of it even now makes me want to go to bed. Um, but you know, I I knew this was my calling, was to connect with people, even when it was awkward and difficult. This was this was the job, and so I did it. But boy, afterwards, I, I would see other people that I worked with, and I, I mean, they were high as a kite when Sunday morning was was done and and the fellowship time was finished in the lobby and. They were almost floating to the restaurant to have lunch, and I, I was like slithering out of the place. And I just so, so wondered why I was lacking and what I was missing spiritually from the Lord that caused me to feel the way that I did. Um, it was an awful burden that I carried and, and honestly became a source of constant shame for me. But all of that changed in 2002. Ironically, the last, <laughs> the last year, at least to this point, that I served as a full-time pastor. Uh, we had a Christian school that was connected to our church, and uh, the school's staff uh, was going through the Myers-Briggs assessment, and some of you, I'm sure, have been through that. Um, And so they invited our pastoral staff to join them. It wasn't any extra cost. And so my pastor said, we're going to do it with you. And I thought, really? (laughs) I thought, I think I know who I am at this point. I, you know, how many different personality tests have I taken? I was just thrilled to find that I had a personality, uh, let alone what it was. And I thought, really, do I have to go through this again to hear the same thing over and over? But, you know, the boss says you're going <laughs> and you're going. Um, so I really went in there with a bit of an attitude. But, you know, I, I took the assessment and filled it out honestly. And um, I mean, I pretty much know who I am. And I thought, this is just such a time waster, but let's just get through it. And uh, if you've done the Myers-Briggs uh, assessment, you know that there are 16 different personality types and they all have four letters attached to them. And so they it plots out in a grid of four rows of four. And so what our facilitator did was he didn't put names with it, but he took all the results and he put X's in the different boxes of all 16. Um, and so you didn't really know who was who. And then he put the letters in to all those boxes. So you knew then where you fit on that grid. And what, one of the things I noticed immediately was I was alone on that grid. Uh, there I was in the top right corner and the letters were INTJ. Here's the description that Myers-Briggs gives for that personality type, innovative. Independent, strategic, logical, reserved, insightful, driven by their own original ideas to achieve improvements. And I have to say, um, that is kind of me. And I, I really had never had an instrument like this that had read my mail so well. It is always interesting when some tool like that completely unveils you. I mean, I knew the I of the INTJ was, because <laughs> that's introvert, I knew that was coming. But the rest of it was, was really fascinating to me. Uh, but again, you know, yeah, I'm an introvert. So he's got all the, all the X's in those 16 boxes. And almost everybody was in the middle two columns, and so he circles it. He circles the middle two columns and he goes, well, this is no surprise with uh, with a church staff and school staff. These are your people, people. And I'm already hanging my head in shame because I'm not in that group. There was only me and I think one of the teachers who were outside of those two columns. And I thought, oh boy, here we go again. Uh, here we go finding out everything I lack as a human being. But then there were two things that he did that actually changed my life. I I know we use that phrase way too often, but this was life-changing for me. He comes to my square and he, he circles actually the four corners of this grid. And he goes, now these four personality types, he goes, these are your CEO's. I have to tell you, I had never thought of myself that way up to that point in my life. And I thought, what? Because I always thought, you know, I was kind of the clipboard guy. I was the guy who the boss looked at him and said, get that done. And I got it done. But... To that point in my life, things have been really ramping up to 2002, and I was starting to really feel this creative, artistic part of me wanting to kind of burst forth. And so when he circled that, and he said, these are your CEOs, I realized that the Lord was using that moment to prepare me for where I was going with my life. Now, here's the most amazing part of it. He started talking about Introverts. And our facilitator had done an amazing job. I mean, just really engaging and entertaining. And he he was definitely worth whatever they were paying him. And then he looked at all of us and he goes, by the way, I'm an introvert. And I want you all to know that I'm really enjoying my time with you today. Uh, This is such a blast. I'm, I'm enjoying doing this. It's what I love to do. But I want you to know when this is over, I'm going to get all of my stuff, my gear, I'm going to pack it up in my car, I'm going to get in my car, and I'm going to be exhausted. And I sat there and I thought, where has this man been my entire life? And he said, and that's okay. Because being an introvert has nothing to do with liking or disliking people. It's all about where your energy comes from. You see, being an introvert or an extrovert, is all about how we get energy, how we refuel our tank. And when I realized that there was a reason I felt exhausted when when Sunday morning was over with, and it was because I I was doing the social kind of thing, which takes nickels out of the jar for me. And for the first time in my life, I wasn't ashamed of who I was. I realized that this was the way God had actually wired me. I, I wasn't less than or, or selfish or didn't love people. It, it's just that doing the people thing ended up depriving me of energy. It doesn't mean I didn't like those people. It, it's just what takes away from you and the way that you're built. And the way that I get that energy and those nickels back in the jar is by being alone. And that is very okay. Um, I seem to remember in the gospels a few times when Jesus went away by himself to go pray. He was doing the people thing all the time, but he knew how important it was for him to even break away from the disciples and to just be alone with the Lord. I can't tell you how life-changing that day was for me. And you know, many of us creatives, we love just being in our studio or our office or at least in our own world at the coffee shop. We've got our earbuds in while we uh, while we create. Uh, and that's okay. That is how you're built. But here's the mask part. We can't live there. Because if we stay there too long... We end up losing perspective. We end up kind of losing reality. I mean, there is a reason why the Lord, after He created Adam, said, It is not good for man to be alone. And even for the introvert, it is not good for an introvert to be alone for too long. We we can't just run and hide in our cave of creativity. We might think that helps us, but that's actually a mask that needs to go. It will only rob us of valuable relationship and will end up kind of rotting us intellectually and morally and emotionally. I want to give one more uh, warning to introverts as far as the masks that we wear sometimes. Uh, Introverts, don't be overly reflective. I think that comes easy to us. We, we tend to like to ponder the deep things because, you know, we're alone. But if we're alone too much, uh, we can end up becoming very susceptible to believing the lies of the enemy. So sometimes when you and I are pondering, there might be gaps in the story of uh, things that are happening right now, and we don't know why they're happening. And when we hit a gap, if we're just there by ourselves, not involving the Lord, not involving others... The enemy of our soul has this wonderful story that he wants to drop right into that gap. And I think if the lockdown taught us anything, it's that even for us introverts, we can be alone way too much. At least I found myself (laughs) almost on the verge of hugging strangers, just wanting some kind of contact. Because human contact is important for me. I just know what it does afterwards and how I need to rebuild. So I want to say one more thing, because there are some fake introverts out there. Um, I have to admit, this is a bit of a crusade of mine. There are folks out there who really want nothing to do with other people at all. Uh, They just withdraw. They get into their own cocoon. Uh, They're rude. They can't hold conversations with anyone. And then they call themselves introverts. And they almost use it as a crutch to um, to commit all kinds of uh, social um, wreckage I just I just want to say uh, those folks aren't introverts if you're not able to connect with other people or hold conversations, you're not an introvert you're antisocial and you're unhealthy you're just zombified or so self-involved that you are of no use to anyone. Sorry, but it needs to be said. You're not helping the introvert cause. Please don't number yourself with the rest of us. You need to get back into reality and start engaging with actual humans. And then we'll find out if you're an introvert or an extrovert. And then you can address the possible masks of your life. God created us with a need to connect, introverts included. And even though it takes energy from us, when we surround ourselves with godly, mature people, it adds to our life, even though we'll be super tired (laughs) when it's over. We need to hear the truth from the Lord and his representatives so that we don't become the worst versions of ourselves. At St. Egregious Church, we desire your worship experience to be the best in town. And we do that by ensuring that it's all about you, you, you. Whether it's certain coffee blends, worship songs more than two years old, or even difficult teaching, if you don't like it, we won't do it. And now, here's our idol, uh, Pastor Dirk Kennedy. To tell us what's coming up bruh I can't even begin to tell you how much we are killing it here at Saint Egregious we are completely crushing it and annihilating it every single day now there's been a lot of speculation about my preaching style so let me remind you that each week you will be getting a three-point message from me point one state the text point two Depart from the text. And point three, never return to the text. You can bank on it every single week. And you definitely want to join me this Sunday as I will be getting a tattoo while I'm preaching live on stage. I guarantee you've never seen anything like it. Why don't you come and worship me or uh, uh, worship with me this Sunday. St. Egregious is now located at the Old Barnes & Noble between the old Bennigan's Restaurant and the old Pier 1 Imports. Service promptly begins when the worship band is finally warmed up. St. Egregious, because the last thing we want in church is for you to feel uncomfortable. I want to remind us that whatever side of the ledger we live in, whether we're introvert or extrovert, it is because we are designed by God that way. It is not a curse. It's a blessing because his hand is involved in it. I want to read just a, a short passage from Psalm 139. David writes, "O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before. I love that phrase. And lay your hand upon me such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. In other words, just go with it, folks. The way that he's designed you, extrovert or introvert, just embrace it. All this knowledge is just too high to fully understand. Just know that he knows you. He knows how you're wired. He knows what you need. So let me just turn my attention here for a few moments to the extroverts, uh, those of you creatives who are extroverted, uh, for a few moments. uh, Because I, I think another mistake that we've made in the church for a long time is that we have assumed that all extroverts are well adjusted, while all introverts need interventions. And the truth is that there are sociable extroverts who can still be very unhealthy. And of course, we've seen from the last segment, there are introverts who can run and hide and never engage with humanity. The truth is both types have strengths and weaknesses uh, to address. So um, I want to mention four things to my extroverted friends out there. Channel your desire to connect with people. This is what brings you energy. Channel that into mostly connecting with God, or at least to the highest priority. Obviously, not to the exclusion of other people. But it's easy for extroverts to just need someone with skin on to talk to uh, that the Lord may be completely ignored. It can almost feel like it doesn't count because he's not physically present, or at least as we can tell. Remember that more than any other person. He is the one who will give you spiritual and emotional energy. In your desire to connect, channel that into the Lord more than anyone else. It's seeking first really him and his kingdom, and then all these things being added to us. It's that priority of the dominoes all falling right when we get the first one knocked down. Uh, The second thing I would say is, Don't use people as distractions or cover-ups. I think this might be the biggest mask for extroverts. Again, while introverts can be overly reflective, and I, I certainly fall into that category a lot, extroverts may not be reflective enough or even at all, but they continually distract themselves with other people or with outside stimulus uh, so that they never have to be alone with their thoughts. This, I think, is probably the largest danger that an extrovert can face. Um, and again, I think if that first suggestion is happening, then the second one takes care of itself. But to remember, we we need to reflect. I, I think one of the uh, downfalls of our society right now is that we have maybe more than one generation of narcissists among us um, and a, a whole slew of folks who never reflect on things. And, you know, if we never reflect at all, we will keep making the same mistakes over and over again. This is the only way that we actually learn in life is we have to stop and say, okay, what happened there? And then obviously bring the Lord along to guide the narrative. Number three, and I think both of these items are absolutely crucial. The first two items, because if they're not in place, here's the thing: extroverts can have some of their greatest strengths used against them. Uh, extroverts are are more natural risk takers. Uh, for instance, us introverts can tend to be, you know, bogged down in analysis paralysis. We can be so Wargaming things out that we never try anything. Whereas extroverts are natural risk takers, but they can leap before they look. Uh, It's almost like that ready, fire, aim kind of thing. Uh, They are highly motivated by rewards, possible rewards. And if extroverts are not connecting with the Lord adequately, they will do that whole risk-reward thing, but to very unhealthy levels. It's almost, the, it's almost the thrill of the, can I do this? And if it's not rooted in Scripture and in, and in the, the Holy Spirit's wisdom, uh, boy, it, it, can, it can lead to some disastrous things. I think this is what leads some to have affairs or to even do really super outlandish things that can hurt their reputation. Last thing I want to mention to my extroverted friends, um, don't be so motivated by financial reward that it messes up your creativity. And again, uh, the reward factor is, is huge for all of us, but definitely for, for extroverts. And if you've done this creative thing long enough, and that probably is like two weeks, (laughs) uh, You're going to come face to face with the fact that financial reward is not promised. And for most, it is not realized. And so the thrill must come in the creation itself, in the act of creating, with the creator alongside of us. So don't be so focused on financial reward that if it's not coming in, you stop what you're doing. And you talk yourself out of something you should have stayed in with. Change what the reward is. Let the reward be the act of making. And if you're bringing Jesus alongside of you, he is so quick to say, well done. He is so quick to say, that was beautiful. Especially as we do these things to glorify him. He absolutely loves it creatives, can we just allow that to be the reward? Because let's face it, 99.9% of us aren't going to be noticed. We're not going to be famous. We're certainly not going to be rich from doing this. And if that's our motive anyway, we're in it for the wrong reason. This should be the fact that we want to make something that changes somebody's life. It may be one or two. It may be one or two million. It's probably going to be more like 10 to 20. (laughs) Can we be all right with that? Because it's the same calling from the same one who calls. And that's all that matters. He doesn't reward those who get more clicks and shares. He rewards those who are faithful to what he has asked us to do. Which means, for this little old podcast thing I'm doing, whether I have three subscribers or three million subscribers, if I'm honoring the Lord through what I say through this microphone, he will look at me someday and say, well done, good and faithful servant. Let's allow that to be the reward that we're working toward. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the Matt Cast. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. We hope to see you again soon. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information about our books and resources, go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.